welcome to the Companies to Watch show. I'm Kevin Harrington, the creator of the infomercial. I'm also one of the original sharks on the hit TV show, Shark Tank. But now I'm helping innovate leaders like you become equipped with the knowledge you need to more than 100x your success. For more than 30 years, I've been empowering entrepreneurs and innovative business leaders to turn dreams into mind-boggling reality. On this show, we talk with guests and reveal the secrets to help push past all your questions and excuses, empowering you to achieve success. Stick around to the end of the show, where we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest-growing entrepreneurial podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Hello, welcome to the Companies to Watch show. My next guest spends his days helping purpose-driven entrepreneurs achieve financial certainty. And he does that now as co-founder and CEO of Nth Degree CPAs. Please welcome Dan Nicholson. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Hey, we're excited to have you. So tell us a little bit about Nth Degree CPAs. First of all, I love that title. I think that's an interesting name, and I'd love to know how you came up with that. But what do you guys do there? Yeah, when I started the firm, uh, I knew that I wanted to to convey that we're different. And I've always been kind of a math nerd. And uh, Nth Degree means to take something to its logical conclusion. And so I just... uh, like the way that all kind of fit together with ultimately what we do for folks. And where I like to create some contrast is people hear CPA and immediately have some conception of who I am, what I'm going to share, probably expecting me to be pretty boring. And uh, hopefully I will deliver and not be boring, but uh, create contrast. The reality here is that uh, most accountants are archaeologists. You know, what does an archaeologist do? They dig up the past. What do accountants do? They just dig up the past. When they say this year, they're talking about last year, right? And that's problematic and for many reasons because uh, in almost everything in business is about the future, right? How do sure. I change my mindset or my behavior um, to achieve whatever my priorities are? The tax code, the federal tax code in the U.S. is behavior-based, meaning if you want to access the same deductions and credits that investors and big corporations who on a percentage basis pay very little in tax, you have to behave more like an investor, a big corporation. doesn't mean you have to be one. You mm-hmm. just have to behave the way they do with their money. That requires looking into the future. So ultimately what I do and what our firm does and really all my related businesses are about uh, helping clients focus on the future so that uh, they can create more cash flow so that they can fund their goals or priorities. And that's how we help them accelerate achieving what I call financial certainty. And how long have you guys been doing that? So I started the firm um, was like a, on the side thing about 13 years ago. And then it's a full-time thing for 11 years last week. Awesome. So awesome. For a while. Now you said that you're kind of a math guy already um, has uh, accounting always been your career? Have you been doing other things as well? What were you doing before uh, you established this business? I have made attempts to get out of accounting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was, uh, but I've embraced the, the sort of skill set and created this ecosystem around financial certainty. Uh, I was that cliche kid growing up scheming on business ideas and uh, 
and I'm kind of a contradiction because I'm also, I was painfully shy and, um, and so entrepreneurship and being shy, you kind of have to reconcile the two, right? You, right. You, you uh, got to definitely get outside of your comfort zones. Started college as a marketing major and a bunch of things happened um, where I kind of realized, hey, accounting, language of business, and uh, I was living in Seattle right during kind of the dot-com boom. And uh, it's like, okay, accounting and then technology of some sort. So I got an information systems degree. That's going to be the best skill set to be an entrepreneur. And that's what I kind of set out to do. And then um, end of um, near the end of my uh, final year in college, I was nominated for a fellowship at the board that writes all the accounting standards in the U.S., sort of the equivalent of the Supreme Court, hmm. and uh, got that opportunity. First person in my family to go to college, didn't feel like I could say no to that, you know, ultimate ex- career accelerator, worked on a very technical derivatives and hedging activities standard. I'm sure you've heard of hedge funds and mm. all that stuff. So that, and there's a lot of math that's involved in that. So that put my career for about 10 years down a whole different, different path. And uh, finally I realized there was an opportunity to do something different in the accounting space and embraced that I was good at it. Mm. it and that's, a while to get. and that's was uh, when you established nth degree. That's right. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, that pivot into entrepreneurship from, uh, I assume you were working for other folks and doing this accounting. What was it that you felt was missing that you uh, needed to be able to provide? Like, what was it that you wanted to do differently as a, as an entrepreneur? Yeah. So along the way, as I was, uh, even during the fellowship, I always had something on the side that I was doing and uh, it's just the having the, the confidence to some degree that I can do it full time. It was holding me back. And as I mentioned, first person in my family go to college and pretty early in my career, I'm making more than my parents have ever made. And dad's working six days a week, getting up at two 30 in the morning, a machinist. And so I just kept kind of struggling with, what should I be doing versus what I want to be doing? And so it was just mm-hmm. constantly nagging at me because um, for whatever reason, my entire life, I've always had that. Uh, I want to define my own future mm-hmm. thing, just nagging at me. And I don't want to have that cliche deathbed moment where you look back on your life and you have all these regrets. And so it was just constantly kind of nagging at me. And, uh, and what I, what I realized, um, was there's this huge opportunity in the CPA space, partly because um, there's uh, ongoing shrinkage in the amount of CPAs over the next five to seven years, 75% of CPAs are expected to retire. And uh, I had always worked for uh, one of the big global firms or big regional firm. And, uh, but there's 42,000 accounting firms in the U S if you have 10 people, your firm is the 400th biggest. So what I realized is almost every small business owner is working with a team of one or two and they're just not getting the advice on how to change their behavior to um, optimize their taxes or to improve the overall financial performance of their business. And that's where I saw the opportunity. Just do the opposite. The George, just do the George Costanza, just do the opposite. (laughs) And what every other CPA firm is doing, they're focused on the past. Let's just focus on the future. Yeah. And, uh, 
and that's been wildly successful for us. What do you, what have you found is one of the, I guess the most obvious mistakes companies are making then that you guys can come in and help with? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple things that, um, I, I have these four commandments and I have a book coming out, uh, on this topic here in, in a few months. Uh, there four, there were sort of my four wealth commandments. And the first one is, uh, every action needs to get us closer to the things that we want. And so as business owners, uh, we tend to think that more is the answer to everything, more clients, more revenue, more employees, et cetera. And that's not always the case. In fact, a lot of times our decisions end up getting us further away from what we want, right? Unintentionally. And so getting absolute clarity on what we want, I created an app called the certainty app where it allows us to take say our vision board or all of our goals and actually turn it into a solvable equation. So how much more do I actually need to meet, make to fund all my priorities? So you put in all your priorities, you put a date, a dollar value, connect all your assets, cash flow, business, and it tells you, okay, based off all this stuff and dates and dollar amounts, you need to make $50,000 more per year or hundred or whatever it may be. Now, you know uh, how to, how to actually optimize and, and get there. So it's getting really, really clear on how much more you actually need to make so that you can optimize what's the most efficient path forward to funding your priorities. So it really starts there. The tax strategies and all the other stuff that we do, it's just showing people how to close the gap, get there faster. But it's all connected back to what you want, your priorities, your goals. Oh, I lost your audio. There we go. Sorry about that. Uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, what it was like when you first started the business, how did you, how did you go to market? Like how, how did you set yourself apart from the other, other folks doing what you do? Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a bit of a masochist at times, so I have to rein myself in. Uh, when I said it, what I set out to do was, uh, 12 months of marketing in the first three months of our business. And we're a CPA firm relationship-based to people. You know, you can do some social media stuff and otherwise, but really it comes down to people want to hire a CPA that they trust. And so um, they feel like it's competent. So what I did is I uh, did a bunch of kind of old school networking, going to events and trying to create contrast. So I'd introduce myself as either a non-conventional accountant or a business person. And people be like, what business, like, especially when I'd say business person, they're like, okay, what exactly does that mean? Um, I learned that when I was at the accounting board, actually. And, uh, I was single 22 living in, uh, uh Norwalk, Connecticut, next to uh, Greenwich and really, really rich area of the U S not a lot of single people. So you can imagine trying to meet people and they're like, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I write accounting standards. It's like, it's not the most marketable thing as a 22 year old. Uh, so I started calling myself a business person. And then at least I got 30 seconds or a couple minutes before they're like, okay, yeah, you're still boring. But at least I created the gap. So the contrast, uh, so non-conventional accountant, business person. And then I could, you know, well, what's that? Oh, well, we focus on the future rather than the past. I can explain what that means. Within 45 days, I would go to events and they would go like, nth degree, haven't you guys been around for a long time? 
like, oh, yeah, 45 days. <laughs> it's like I had interacted with enough people in a close amount of time that they'd heard my name or my business's name multiple times. And it gave the impression that I was much more established. So that was the uh, launching off point. We did uh, multiple six figures the first year, which was about six months. Um, that we, uh, the first calendar year, about six months. And within a couple of years, got to seven figures, all dining off of just uh, building relationships uh, in concentrated periods of time where people would hear about us from multiple people in a, in a short time frame. Then it got hard. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, about the hard times then. Tell me uh, kind of what did you experience that you kind of overcame that would uh, help somebody else who's trying to follow the same path? Yeah, a lot of what I write about in my upcoming book, speak, uh, I have gleaned both from my own personal experience uh, and seen it across 3,000 plus uh, folks I've talked to over the last uh, 10 years. And one of, the, one of the things is what I call the highest month paradigm, which is when someone hits their highest month of revenue and it represents a milestone, say it's, you can do the millionaire math times it by 12. Oh, now I have a seven-figure business that in the three months that follow, they take on the most amount of risk. And so what ends up happening is you have your highest month, you tell your spouse, your friends, oh, we're killing it. And then three months later, you're like, oh, I'm out of cash. It's like, huh, what, what happened? And so what kicks in is we're subject to all these biases, like loss aversion, right? We've, in our brain, we think we have a seven-figure business. Now we're doing everything we possibly can to keep this seven-figure business. We're making all these strategic bets in the name of scaling, but we haven't actually, we don't actually have the data to support that that's, that's the case. So I did a lot of playing other people's games, trying to be somebody that I wasn't. Uh, I'm not a traditional, I went to business school. I've done all the traditional business school stuff. Uh, I don't want to run a fortune 500 company running a small business is much different. And I had to learn that the, the hard way to kind of rewire my brain uh, to optimize instead of maximize. So Playing my game uh, is, is the main thing. And then getting really clear on what I actually want and creating the tools to, um, to make sure that I'm solving uh, problems consistently. You know, often what happens is month one, we got a problem, we solve it. And then the next month we get another problem and we think it's a different problem because it looks a little bit different. And so we solve it a different way. And then the next month, the same thing happens. And now for three months, we've solved the same problem three different ways. And so we've added all this risk to our business. So we need tools and principles and frameworks so that we're solving problems the same way. And it took me a while to figure that out. Uh, what do you think has been your greatest success in the past uh, several years, 13 years since you've been starting? Yeah. Um, probably my greatest success is that my kids want to come with me to the office. <laughs> so, uh, I've got young kids and what I've always wanted them to feel like is that work is not a dirty word mm. that you can have, you can enjoy your career and it can be a positive thing. Mm -hmm. And so regularly, like on the weekends, my kids ask, like, can we go to the office? Cause I've, I've got an arts, like a, uh, we'll go once, maybe once a month to like a craft store, like Joanne Fabrics or Michaels or I don't, whatever craft store. But 
um, and uh, pick up stuff that could only be played with at my office. So like glitter and painting and stuff we don't do at our house, they do it at the office. And so they want to come here. And uh, that made it easier during the pandemic stuff where they want to, it's like fun to come to the office and play with stuff. And, and uh, so that's probably my greatest success. That's really cool. I like that a lot. Tell me, uh, tell me what you're most excited about for the future of the company. What I'm most, uh, most excited about everything is sort of converging over the next few months. So uh, I've got this book coming out. It's really my operating system for how to create uh, financial certainty. And uh, I've got this app, certainty app, which is basically a tool we built so that we can help our clients see how we're getting them closer to their, their goals. And uh, so I've been creating this whole ecosystem around certainty and I created a, a certification called certified certainty advisor. We've got our first cohort of students going through that. And these are people who are not finance folks. They're marketers. We have a couple of finance accounting people, but they're mostly copywriters, marketers, coaches, et cetera, who want to be able to show their clients how the work they're doing is actually getting them closer to their, their priorities. That's how you become less of a commodity is you actually can show them, Hey, I, I did this. And instead of taking you 20 years to be able to retire, we shaved off five years as long as we keep this going. So I'm super excited to get this out uh, into the world. It's, it's like the culmination of 20 plus years of work. That's all bubbling up into kind of creating this, this ecosystem that I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. That's awesome. Tell me a little bit more about the book. Who's it aimed at? Like, was that anybody who uh, needs financial certainty? Is it more for uh, business owners or who's, who's the target audience there? Yeah. So uh, my, my people are what I call purpose-driven entrepreneurs. I consider mm-hmm. myself to be a purpose, purpose-driven entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is that your business or businesses or investments exist to serve you. So you work for a big Fortune 500 company or CEO. All you, your job is maximize shareholder value. Right? That's that's your job. Make the most amount because you can't really tailor it to each individual shareholder what they want. It wouldn't be possible. But for us small business owners, our business does exist to serve us. And uh, and so what the book is about is. But my research behind why is it that some people win and some people lose and some people win for a while and then they lose and then they win again. What is, what is it about the people who consistently win? Uh, and then how do we construct a system based off our tendencies and our priorities so that we can consistently win? And in this case, win would be getting closer and closer to the things that we want. So it's my sort of my operating system and research on, how to, how to rig the game. It's called rigging the game, uh, meaning set up the system so that they're creating the outcomes that you want. Awesome. And that's coming out in a couple of months, you said? Yeah, you can pre, uh, pre-order now if folks want certaintybook.com, but uh, those who pre-order will get a copy in September or October, and then uh, publishers doing a full launch in, uh, in most likely January. Wow. That's fantastic. Congratulations on that. It's really yeah, exciting. Uh, writing a book is a masochistic endeavor. I don't know if you've. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine. But you go through it and you keep asking yourself, why do I like to be tortured? Why, why am I doing this? Uh, it's uh, got to be a good feeling when, when it's, when it's done though. Right. 
That's right. Yeah. Tell me, um, tell me what you're doing when you're not uh, accounting, when you're not in the when you're not in the office. What do you guys like to do? Yeah, well, business is definitely a hobby of mine, so uh, we're always kind of ruminating on some wacky idea or, or thing. But uh, I'm a big uh, sports fan. I live in Seattle, Seahawks, big Seahawks fan. I was a big Sonics fan. I'm still bitter about the fact that they uh, moved, uh, relocated. So big <laughs> sports fan. Big, um, uh, just kind of like to, uh, done a lot of endurance sports uh, over the years. So I just like to be as, as active as possible. And, uh, I've got young kids, so just anything and everything related to what they've got, what they've got going on. You said they're young. How young are they? Uh, five and seven. So, um, so they're old enough now where they've got a viewpoint. Yeah. I, I, either of them showing an aptitude for the math and the accounting. Do you think they'll follow in your footsteps? It's too early uh, to tell. Both of them are very mathematically inclined. Yeah. That's cool. Both, both of them are. And their teachers comment about how strong <laughs> they are in math. Uh, they also have a very strong um, imagination and, and uh, creativity element to their personality. So it could it could go either way. Sure. Well, I want to tell you, it's just been a pleasure talking to you. It sounds like you have an amazing uh, business over here. Tell folks how they can find uh, Nth Degree and uh, get more information. Yeah. So a couple of ways to reach me, uh, Nth Degree CPAs and NTH Degree CPAs.com. Um, certainty app, uh, get pushed out and there is a there's a free option so you can get on and set up your unique wealth algorithm and connect a few accounts. So if you want to begin to calculate how much more you need to make, uh, certaintyapp.com is a good place. Uh, otherwise, I'll be putting a lot of my energy behind the, the book and trying to get uh, get it out into the world. And hopefully people are uh, as excited about it as I am. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time and for being on the show today. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was fun. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Companies to Watch show. We'll see you next time. Kevin Harrington here, and I want to thank you for listening to the Companies to Watch show. Now, if you're a successful entrepreneur, CEO, innovator, or startup on the rise, and you'd like to be considered for this program, please visit kevinharrington.tv slash podcast two slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, would you like to share this episode on your social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag companies to watch show. My team and I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions, and we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes ahead, just subscribe. And your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show. It mean a lot to me and my team. If you want to know more, go to our website, kevinharrington.tv, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.